Hello and welcome to the Bart DZ podcast. On tonight's episode, I'll be talking about what it's like to work in the gig economy during the coronavirus pandemic. It's um, August 1st, 2020, and uh, it's about 11.14 p.m. And um, yeah, you know, it's just a Saturday night, and I wanted uh, to try to, you know, do something productive with my time. It uh, got me a, took me a real long time to actually get going because uh, I was having some technical difficulties. I think the headphone jack on my microphone is uh, going out. This microphone is a little odd and how, and it just seems like it's set up to where when you have it plugged into the computer, because this is like a USB mic, it's a Samson, um, like C, CO1U Pro. And um, yeah, whenever you have the mic plugged into the computer, you have to plug your headphones into the microphone and use that jack specifically because it's like the one on your computer won't work. Um, so I've just been messing with this for a while. Um, first I thought it was the cable, so I started switching cables. Uh, it's unfortunate because I, I feel like I might have to send this mic back, which I'd rather not do, but like... Um, you know, I, I just I just don't know if I have a warranty on it, but I guess that's you know how things can go. Podcasting sometimes uh, I am plugged into the the microphone right now and I can hear myself, but I did have to kind of turn up my computer, the vol my main volume. So yeah, you know, I guess uh, yeah, running into audio issues is just part of this, I suppose, and it's the podcasters that are kind of super well funded or have a lot of money that um can, you know, just afford to replace the gear real fast, but I don't know if anything can happen real fast right now with this pandemic going on. You know, even uh ordering off Amazon currently, it still still takes a while to get some things. I think when it first started, uh, it was really hard to, like, everything seemed backed up. But when this all first started, it was uh, pretty out of control with um, with people panicking and everything, uh, just ordering all whatever they could, whatever supplies they could get. And it's still kind of like that now that we, we have this extra surge, this second surge. I'm just trying to stay stay healthy, but it's difficult when you are working in the gig economy. You know, I work uh, specifically for Uber Eats and DoorDash. Those are the only gig economy jobs I do at the moment. And my, I, I try to work mostly for Uber Eats because it's more, it's a, the app runs a little bit more smoothly than DoorDash, and I feel like the the orders I take are. Um, I don't know. Everything ends up just running a little bit better whenever I I work for them for I guess a multitude of reasons. But lately, you know, since the pandemic hit, um, the the actual app itself has a lot more friction. Like when I first turn on the app, uh, it's 
like I have to press all these different buttons. Uh, I have to take a picture of myself with the mask, some kind of mask on usually. Um, it's, it's kind of weird. Like sometimes I, I turn it on and it doesn't ask me to do that. And it, the app just turns right on. Other times it, it pops up this thing that says, you know, I have to, um, put a mask on and take a picture of myself and it seemed like for a while you had to do it every time you press the button to turn the app on but now it's only sometimes and I don't know it's not that so much that bothers me it's all the other buttons I have to press when I turn the app on now it used to be just a one click of a button I just pressed this little button that says go and I, I went but now it's uh, it's totally different. Like a, a, I have to press like a series of buttons and swipe a few things, and it's it, it's actually tiring for your fingers uh, if you're doing it constantly. If you know you might have to turn off your app on and off throughout the day, and um, it does get a little bit. It's just it's like an annoyance, you know. It's just it's because it's friction. It's um, it's like unnecessary extra things you have to do to, you know, get where you want to be on the app. And that just makes it less user friendly. But um, before, you know, so yeah, I'll, I'll be kind of talking about uh, what it's like to work for Uber Eats and maybe to talk about DoorDash a little bit because I work for them as well. But I am... Um, I need to maybe start off uh, with the uh, new tradition of reading some, reading a quote or uh, just a little, a piece of uh, some, some writing. And uh, this, I think today I'm going to read um, just the intro to Poachers by Tom Franklin who uh, wrote this book in, I think it was 2001. And it's something I've been reading over the summer that I really enjoyed, uh, especially this, the title story. It's, it's definitely my favorite out of the collection. But, uh, yeah, here goes. So I'm just going to read uh, the the introduction of this story. At dawn on the first day of April... The three Gates brothers banked their ten-foot aluminum boat in a narrow slough of dark water. They tied their hounds, strapped on their rifles, and stepped out, ducking black magnolia branches, heavy with rain and Spanish moss. The two thin younger brothers, denim overalls tucked into their boots, lugged between them a styrofoam cooler of iced fish, coons and possums the oldest brother twenty bearded heavy set carried a sunbeam bread sack of eels in his coat pocket hooked over his left shoulder was the pink body of a fawn they'd shot and skinned and over the right a stray dog to which they'd done the same with the skins and heads gone the dog's tail chopped off they were difficult to tell apart. The Gateses climbed the hill, clinging to vines and saplings, slipping in the red clay. 
their boots coated and enormous by the time they stepped out of the woods. For a moment, they stood in the road, looking at the gray sky, the clouds piling up. All right, and that's all I'm going to read of that. Um, I just uh, really like the, um, you know, just some of the descriptions, the language, like uh, just that setting, you know, it's a great eerie setting and it's, it's pretty fitting for today is it's just been so rainy um this past little while and it feels just outside it feels like a swamp and um it, it reminds me a lot kind of of this story because it's it's set in a swamp in alabama and um it kind of follows the story of the um the gates brothers they're um they're they're three brothers who kind of live out out in the um middle of nowhere and uh the um their father committed suicide uh, a few years back and um they're basically poachers and do a lot of hunting and fishing and all that and um yeah so and then there's this um, game warden named Frank David who starts kind of coming after, or he gets hired to um, come out and, you know, kind of clean up the area and um, probably, you know, deal with them. Uh, actually, he's definitely, you know, coming to deal with them after he he hears about the Gates brothers because the whole town knows about them. They deal with the Gates brothers and buy you know stuff off them like the they had the deer fawn and the other stuff and they end up selling that stuff later and um but you know they have this kind of surrogate father kirksey who is this old kind of um i use i don't know how to say handicapped or he's just he's not super able but he owns this bait shop and um yeah, he's he's like a surrogate father to them because you know their father was passed and everything. So uh, he kind of looks after them a little bit, but um, you know, it there's kind of some uh, tension that builds between you know all the different uh, entities in the story, the the game warden, the Gates brothers, Kirksey, and then there's this other cop um, who's called like sugar or Kirksey calls him sugar baby. Uh, I think I can't remember his actual name, but yeah, sugar baby. And, um, it is a great story. It's very long. It's basically like novella length, but yeah, just something, you know, I almost forgot, but I, I, um, yeah, I like to start off the shows now with, with some kind of a quote or just like reading from a piece of you know fiction or poetry whatever but back to uber eats and door dashing uh so i guess i, I it's really supplemental income for me i i don't see it as like some kind of long term or um any kind of like particularly great job it's uh, there's tons of overhead with gas and car maintenance it really tears up your car to to do these kind of jobs 
any kind of delivery, but especially the, the DoorDash and Uber Eats, it just gets so hectic. And maybe it's not more hectic than any other kind of delivery job, but it, it seems like it. It seems more fast-paced and um, a little crazier. You know, you're you're dealing with many different kinds of restaurants instead of the same one over and over again. So it's like you, you don't know what to expect sometimes, and maybe they'll... Uh, the customer will order like four large drinks and the, depending on the restaurant you go to, they might give you a drink carrier. They might not, you never know what to expect. It's good to have an extra drink carrier with you, but, um, it's kind of hard to come across them. You have to make them sometimes or just kind of like take the ones that the restaurants give you and just give the customers without that. So you can hang on to it. There's other ways to obviously do it too, but, you know, um, so that's something you run into. Um, yeah, so I do it kind of supplemental income and, uh, I've been doing it extra over the summer because that's, it's kind of my only job. I'm, I've been hesitant to get another job just because I, I got to go back to school really quite soon here I'll be starting my training to do the uh, teaching assistantship really before the semester starts and it's going to be pretty I think it's going to be like a lot of uh, a lot of assignments it sounds like a pretty busy class so this is like my only option right now to really bring in income doing this and DoorDash so um Let's say, you know, I have like a um, a day where I don't have any big responsibilities and, um, you know, I'm trying to like make a lot of money or as much money as I can with the apps. You definitely don't make a lot of money, but just enough to, to make it worthwhile sometimes. And um, so I'll, I'll wake up, you know... Um, to go through my morning routine and whatever. And, uh, sometimes depending on what I'm doing, I will, you know, I will, uh, sorry, I'm just, I'm staring at the audacity, uh, sound waves and it's just kind of distracting me a little bit. But so I wake up you kind of do my routine and I will, uh, you know, turn on the app sometimes in the, in the morning and like um when i'm in carbondale some mornings it's it's really slow and other times it's it's fairly consistent you know you never know how it's going to be when you turn the app on and you know i usually turn on yeah like uber eats first i'll check with with that because uh, their zone reaches out to my area basically it you know, um, there's not many places where the app doesn't work. And, uh, so, and they'll pay me a little extra sometimes if I am all the way out here to drive into town. But if there's another Uber Eats driver on the app, who's closer to town, they'll just send the order to them. And I'm pretty certain that, uh, Uber drivers, just the guys who, you know, take passengers around, they, um, I think they get sent Uber Eats orders sometimes too. I bet they have the option. Uh, I'm fairly certain of that, but I don't know how many of them actually do it. I think a lot. Um, that would be my guess. 
And so here and there I'll get lucky. You know, I don't get a lot of orders through them, but I'll try to have productive days on that app. And I I know I can have fairly productive days. I'll uh if I get tipped, I think is the is the key thing. Um I I, I can make sometimes, you know, between eighty and maybe hundred twenty dollars a day. Yeah, that's usually the range I'm working with, on especially slow days. It'll it'll be terrible. It's sometimes more like uh, you know, twenty dollars or fifty bucks or something. It's you know, almost bizarre how few orders they actually send you, and I, I'm not sure what the root cause of it is. Um, you know, I don't know how they're. Oh, what's the word I'm looking for? like the algorithm yeah like the, i don't know what the algorithms are for how they decide who gets sent what order i just know where you are in relation to the restaurant matters so and it matters how many people are on the app but i imagine you know i don't I won't get into how I, I think it it's set up. That's all speculation. But um, so my my day will start off, you know. And, um, often it's it's McDonald's in the mornings. Um, many people order from McDonald's. Is probably where I get sent to the most on the these apps. It's a very very popular in, um, in Carbondale. It's a very popular restaurant, and. Um, I think since COVID hit, it's leveled off a little bit. Like, I don't feel like there's as many people ordering from McDonald's. I think some people are just nervous um, with fast food and maybe restaurants in general. I have felt seen all orders fall off a bit across the board. It hasn't been like some kind of boom since uh, COVID hit. It's, um, it's leveled off. We're not, you know, us drivers, we're not making as much money now and uh speaking of the other drivers you know i do know a couple other people who do this and um i'd maybe even like to have them on the on the podcast sometime to talk about it and just kind of hang out hopefully this microphone will hold up and i i really need to get another microphone so i can have guests and i just don't know if i do that if i'll have to get uh, another interface like right now i can just plug straight into the computer but i don't know if i can plug in another usb condenser into this laptop but if i can you know i definitely want to get um start doing it like in-person guests but I, I feel like i have to wait for covid to settle down to really do stuff like that i mean i want to be safe and i don't have any way to test people when they show up if they were to show up here to do podcasts and it's it's the social distancing time you gotta take care and that's especially hard to do right now during the um if you're working for uber eats or whatever because i'm i'm constantly going around to different restaurants where tons of people show up like it's maybe it's hard to notice if you're not like a delivery driver but um if you look around at some of the restaurants as you drive around, like some of their drive-thrus are slammed 
And if they don't have a staff that is like really competent and with it and like just fast working, they, if you get stuck in one of those lines, you can wait, you know, sometimes over an hour, a very long time. People can start getting stressed out in the line and, you know, getting aggressive and all that. Um, so yeah, you gotta be careful. You know, I don't, um, sometimes I'll, I'll get called out to a place like say, like this happened. I think it was maybe even yesterday I got called to Burger King. I took an, uh, an Uber Eats order to Burger King over on the east side of town, that, that one. And, um, as I pulled up, I mean, there was just had to be at least, I don't know, I'd say like 12, yeah, somewhere around 10 or 12 cars in line at least, may have been a little more than that, and um, the line was, as I was driving up, I was, I always kind of look to see what to expect, and um, it, it just, I could tell it wasn't moving at all, like, after you've been doing this stuff for a couple of years, like you gain this sixth sixth sense, like um, where you can kind of, or at least it might just be me. You know, I I, I think I've I've been thinking about it lately, and I think I, I have like a, a certain higher level of, of clairvoyance, maybe than I used to have, or maybe I've always kind of had it, but um, I feel like to a certain extent I'm clairvoyant and, um, you know, I get, I can see things coming a lot. Like, and I can read people really well. Maybe it's just age and like living, you know, I'm 35. Maybe I, I've just meditated on it so much, like other people's thoughts and trying to see, trying to think about what's happening in the future. Maybe I've just thought about it so much that like I've just gotten really, really good at, you know, um, sensing things and, um, who knows, who knows what, what that is. But, uh, usually when I drive up to a restaurant, I can just tell by the way, just the energy of the place and what, how the line is moving as I'm driving up or if it's moving, how many cars are there sitting there and uh, sometimes you can just tell driving up that something's off like you you know like you might have to wait for a long time or something's going to be up with the order um god i just get i get stressed out just talking about it and thinking about it you know it's like um i didn't want this podcast to be super negative like i'm just venting like work stress or something I really just kind of want to describe what it's like but it's hard to talk about it without feeling stressed out because I think it's for people who don't do it it's it's a whole new level of stress that like even like before I did the apps like I did delivery driving for easily a decade like working for um, China Express and Carbondale and a few other restaurants over the years on and off and um like nothing quite matches the stress of um working for these apps like it's uh it's just a whole 
wholly different thing. And, um, like when you, I don't know the, um, and it's stressful for the restaurants too. I mean, they'd have to take, they have to take all our extra orders and, and fix them up and do, do all this and that package them. And they don't get paid extra for, for dealing with us. Like I really, you know, they just don't. And, um, so it's, it's not, you know, some of, some restaurants really don't like, like, uh, DoorDash drivers, Uber, um, Grubhub. They just, you know, they'll, they'll just say like, uh, you know, go pull, pull ahead or go sit, go sit in that parking spot over there and they'll forget about you start serving the other customers or they just set your order to the side and start filling out other people's orders. And meanwhile, you're not getting paid because you don't get paid by the hour for these apps. Like, um, at least not around here in this County, I think in some other places you maybe do. Um, but definitely not around here. You don't get paid for your time. And, um, so it really will piss you off if, if the, uh, restaurant like doesn't have the food ready. Cause they'll, they're usually supposed to have it ready. I mean, sometimes you'll get there. Sometimes I should say I'll get there really fast. Like from what, what I hear from the restaurants, like from their reactions, when I, I come and get the orders, like, I think I must be one of the faster drivers because, sometimes they're like, it just happens a lot where they're like, it won't be ready. And they'll just be like, Oh, sorry. You know, like we we don't have it ready right now. You know, usually it takes like Uber drivers, like, you know, whatever, 30 minutes to show up. They'll say something like that. And, um, or other times they'll be like, well, we weren't expecting you to show up this early. So, um, it's, it's going to have to be a minute. Like, I guess, there was this weird thing for a while where like I'd show up to mod pizza. They, they were, they did this a few times where I'd show up and they'd be like, well, your pickup time is actually like 10 minutes from now or something. So we can't start your order, blah, blah, blah. And like, I don't know, maybe they, they were starting the order, but either way they like made me wait extra because like I showed up early. Like that's what it amounted to. And, I had to like talk to them about that because, you know, we had like a, I mean, I had this discussion with this younger girl who was working there and, um, not in like a mean, like I'm being passive aggressive or anything like that. It's just, you know, I just thought and say, instead of being quiet and just like stewing about this thing, like maybe I just explained to this, um, woman that, you know, this young woman that, um, it's kind of not cool because, you know, I'm like, I am a father, I have a child and like, I'm trying to feed my child and she's like delaying the start of this, this order or just being like, you know, you got to wait extra for this just because like I showed up, like I excelled at my job. I showed up almost like right after I got the order on my phone, you know, um, I'm just fast like that. I'm a lightning quick. I've always been that way. And I get complimented a lot for their customers are often surprised at how quick I'll get to their door. It's just cause I've lived in this town so long and I don't waste any time when I get the order. Often I, I want to just get it off of my hands 
as fast as I can because that means you can get the other order and there's less that can go wrong if you're just like if you don't just sit there with the order trying to mess with your phone or I don't know just be slow about it slow walking it to the customer like I really um you know I race it there like it's a matter of life and death like I'm transferring a liver to a freaking hospital you know, to give, have someone have like a liver transplant or kidney transplant or whatever. And, um, but you shouldn't be penalized for showing up to a restaurant fast. You know what I mean? Like, um, and, and other restaurants have, have done that too. It's not just mod pizza. Like sometimes McDonald's will be like that. And I have the worst interactions with, with the chain kind of fast food restaurants, the ones that are like the usually have the worst kind of lower reputations. Like, you know, I don't, I feel like I probably shouldn't feel bad calling out. I mean, they're just, you know, they deserve it in a sense. It's, it's like McDonald's is can be like that. I mean, Wendy's, Wendy's and Carbondale is the absolute worst place to have to take an order to, or, or pick up an order from. I mean, it is um, the line. There's often a long line. Orders don't get processed fast. The the staff is often an incompetent. I would not like every time you go there, but almost every time, like probably about eighty to ninety percent. And um, they'll just I don't know. I've I've never waited so long in, in line before as a, at that Wendy's and. Um, sometimes it's even like the customers that show the other people in line. Like there was a, there was an incident kind of, or, you know, I'll just let me launch off to a bit of a side story. Um, like, so this was maybe about a, a month ago. Uh, I, let's see, I was, I was with Uber Eats this night, I think. And, um, it was nighttime and uh i just i just took one to win from wendy's i don't i don't take them from wendy's anymore now i've decided that it's just it's too much of a shit show every time i show up like i could just tell you story after story about this this wendy's and maybe i'll I'll tell another one after a quick one after this but um you know so i'm in line and it's there's maybe uh I'd say six or seven people in front of me, maybe more like like five or six. And then behind me, uh, you know, pretty quickly, uh, there was like another, you know, five people or so. And uh, the line was just not moving at all. The, the um, I don't know if the staff was overwhelmed or if they didn't have a good, a great staff on hand, but there was this one, I guess it was the guy in front of me. And, um, you know, after a few people went, you know, finally, let's say 15 minutes later, like he gets up to the front. I say he, I don't even know if it was, I didn't see the person, but I just know from how the person acted that is just male, you know, women don't act like this, but, um, so I'm, I'm, I'm right behind this person and they're in like a, um, I remember it as like a, some kind of maybe SUV type car, but they, 
or you know or in front of me and as they got up to the drive through like they took for i remember they took forever at the uh speaker thing and i just whenever that happens whenever you get behind someone like that that takes a long time at the speaker phone um that's a sign that you will be waiting a little bit extra and possibly like way way extra behind that particular person um it's not always because they ordered a lot of food. Sometimes it's because like they're just a difficult person who doesn't care that there's people behind them. So they're sitting at like the speaker looking at the menu being like, Hmm, maybe I'll have the hot dog today or, you know, or I'll try the, uh, the McChicken thing, you know? And meanwhile, there's like, 10 cars behind them and I'm I'm not exaggerating right now like this happens constantly every every shift just about this will happen one time where someone will take a long time at the at the intercom and um but uh this dude was taking especially a long time and um so anyway when he got gets up to the uh uh drive through thing like it the order was taken forever. I think I was sitting there forever and, uh, maybe 10, 15 minutes later, the, uh, the person who was in the, um, was working Wendy's at the time told the guy to pull forward and, uh, he just wouldn't, you know, he wouldn't do it. And sometimes, you know, everybody sees that it just happens at the, uh, restaurants. Like people just won't do that in there to be stubborn but um i think what happened was this person for one thing they had a big order multiple people in the car probably had multiple orders yeah that's what it had to be that's as i remember now i think that's what it was and um like that's probably why it took a long time at the intercom like there was multiple people probably all stoned and drunk like it's taking forever changing their mind and shit and um, so when they get up to the, the, the front thing, I think they probably got the order. I think I saw this happening from my viewpoint. Like, I think they got a couple bags, like the, the lady, the girl, the young woman kind of have handed them, um, a couple bags. They looked like larger bags. And, uh, I just remember seeing like them hand it back to the person and being like, some something's wrong with this you know i think that's what was going on and probably on top of that yeah they probably wanted something a bunch of shit recooked and they probably also added more shit um if someone does that in the drive-thru you can always tell because it's just like it will take um absurdly long to get your for have the line move forward and that's usually when someone is just like a total prick and adds like a whole another item, like a large entree or a couple entrees to the order as they like, when they get to the window after they've already ordered, you know, cause probably as they they're coming up the the kitchen staff's cooking their food. And, um, but if you just add something new, that's a whole new thing they have to cook and get prepared. And, um, I think the people in front of me that were, we're getting a kick out of it. Like they were just like, we want to see like some people get pissed off or we was, we're here to just be like shitheads like that, you know? And, um, 
it seemed like purposeful like that like it was on on purpose like it was premeditated or something almost like we're gonna go to wendy's and just be shitheads and like make everybody wait for a super long time behind us like it seemed like they were making like a statement or the driver was making a statement that like all these people behind him and there were so many people behind me at at this point as i'm like you know as they're up to the window and i'm just behind them like in my rear mirror i'm looking at like 10 cars or something behind me and the line is not moving it hasn't moved for like 45 minutes i'm talking here like a long ass time and um it got to be so long like cars weren't honking or anything people weren't getting out of their cars but like it was really tense and uh i was i was getting concerned that there was going to be a confrontation happening like right outside my vehicle um and worrying about you know having to get involved or something like that or and you can't really it's weird like the the drive through lane is just large enough to fit two two small cars next to each other at least that's how I remember it in my mind because I swear I've seen people like drive like, beside me like getting out of there but I feel like if I did I'd have to go onto the fucking grass or something I wouldn't risk getting that close to someone else's car in a drive through like that um, but it, there's like this, you know, what do you call it? Like the, um, curb on the side, like it's a skinny kind of lane and then you got some grass up on the curb. And so you, and then you got like O'Reilly auto parts or something next to it. So you can't really escape if you get caught in that line, unless you're willing to try to like get by some cars and truly risk scratching up or, or damaging some vehicles. And, um, so I felt, you know, stuck basically behind this person and all these other cars behind me. There's nothing I can do. So, and my gas is like getting used up. Like it, like I can see the mileage, like how many miles worth of gas I have on my dashboard on my 2013 Honda Accord Sport. You know, maybe I should have mentioned that earlier. What kind of car I have? It's, yeah, it's, you know, 2013 Honda Accord. And, um, but it, it likes its gas. It guzzles a bunch of gas and it, um, likes oil too. And so I, um, as I'm sitting there in idle, like, and when you're in idle in your car and your car's on, like it uses up so much gas to sit there like that. Nothing's propelling it. Has to, I mean, I, I don't, I'm not a car person, so I don't really know, but excuse me. Um, it's, it's not the best thing for your car to sit there and idle and it's using up your battery too. And, uh, so it's just stressful all around, you know, this, especially cause sometimes these kind of things will happen multiple times in a shift. If you get sent to these different fast food restaurants that sometimes get slammed or the, they have the lower paid staffs or the just kind of unhappier staffs that get overworked and, um, you know, maybe just, don't just hate their job, you know, so they don't care about doing it fast and especially not for, you know, an Uber Eats or DoorDash driver. They don't, some restaurants, some restaurants are great. They're super nice to you and, um, will treat you great. Very nice. But, uh, anyway, back to the story. So 
I, uh, at, at this point, you know, I've, I've been there 45 minutes. Like it's, it's really stretching out into that kind of time. Like that these people are making like everybody wait behind them. And there was, it was actually to the point cause I could see the person in the drive through like continuously like telling them to move forward and they just wouldn't do it. And, um, there was just so much tension in the air. The thought crossed my mind that maybe I should call the, a, you know, a police officer there, uh, call the police, you know, cause, um, it was, it was getting weird. Like it, I was truly worried about like, there being some kind of confrontation. So, um, it, uh, but then this was right after I can't think of his name, but you know, this was after the George Floyd incident where there was that guy who fell asleep in line in the Wendy's and the, the cops came and like shook him awake and all this. And they're questioning him. And then before you know it, they're trying to put him in cuffs and he, he gets loose and, uh, snatches the dude's, taser off him and as he's running away he turns around tase him and gets shot uh by the officer and um dies you know and the guy's kids and the wife and all that shit and awful stuff but so i'm i'm thinking about that stuff in my mind and i'm like you know this is a tense situation but i can't call the police here because that i mean for one thing that it's just not like me to do something like that. I don't like calling the police for anything, but I just remember this night and having it cross my mind as like something I really, you know, thought like I should maybe do, you know? Um, and like looking back on it now, it seems like, wow, God, why would I, I do something like that? But, um, yeah, it was just, I think it had been there that long. And, um, I think I just sensed like, um, something, something, some bad energy going down. Um, but of course I didn't do anything like that. And, um, I just said, cause I was thinking about that incident and everything. And, you know, the fact that it's like, yeah, I'm not, not the type to really do that, but it was just crazy to think about like, that's probably how the person, you know, cause for that guy who got shot, like the person who called the cops on him was actually a win the Wendy's like manager or whatever at the time. And so she called the police there probably thinking, ah, they're just going to like fucking like, you know, make this guy get out of line because he was like blocking the line or something and, and causing difficulties by being asleep in the line in his car like that. And, um, you know, I'm sure the, the worker was just stressed out enough. I'd been working all day and it just had enough. Like, fuck this. I'm calling the cops. You know, they probably didn't want to do anything like that either, but maybe felt like cornered into it or just they like stressed, like they just had enough. And, um, I could see though how someone would, you know, like, like that, how that situation could, could start, you know, cause the, the thought did cross my mind, like maybe I should call the, uh, the police not to be like, to cause like a crazy scene like that, but to maybe just, uh, mediate and see like, Hey, like, you know, like have a third party there. That's not just someone who was in line that would just, 
instantly cause a confrontation, like probably a physical one. Um, and like, you know, at least, a. a you know, a police officer could, could, and the, you know, they can't blow up on someone like that, like, or at least they're not supposed to, right? So, um, that's probably why the, the thought crossed my mind, but it's like, um, I could see how someone would think that, but immediately I, as I realized, I was like, holy crap, I'm definitely not calling the cops here, you know, and like, um, so it's like there's nothing you can do. You just have to sit there and wait when you get stuck like that. Um, if I'm not stuck, like McDonald's, you know, they don't try to trap you like that most of the time with like curbs and stuff. Like restaurants, I think it's a tactic for some restaurants that if you pull into their drive through they try to make it so you can't drive away easily. Like if you think about Freddy's Steak Burger in Carbonell, if you live there, you know, as you drive around town, like you, you can notice sometimes that yeah, certain restaurants, you don't want to get trapped there. If you might have something else you have to do, especially if you get caught behind someone who is like purposely trying to be like difficult or maybe they had a bad day or something and they, you know, they want this and that and they want this recooked or they just want to be served and, you know, try to, they want someone to treat them like a king or like uh whatever, you know, I don't know. I don't know what it is with that necessarily. I think it's a lot of selfishness and um I think it's also a lot of people who maybe haven't worked in the restaurant industry and don't understand how annoying it is to deal with like fuckheads like that. Um Yeah, and, and sometimes you know, a lot of it sometimes it is the staff there at that Wendy's. I feel like I'm picking on them, but they deserve it. I mean, it's there. They are the worst place to go. I have to decline every order I get. And that brings my percentages down. Um, in some cases that could get you deactivated if you turn down too many orders for DoorDash and, um, Uber Eats is very, uh, ambiguous about how their algorithm works. I don't, even really know if when I decline an order, if it brings my percentage down, like, I mean, my like, um, acceptance rate, like, and if you don't accept a lot of orders, if you cancel orders all the time, or if you don't get them delivered, like it for DoorDash, it definitely affects how many orders they'll send you and the quality of the orders they'll send you. And I think maybe sometimes how much they'll pay you. And, uh, Uber Eats, I just don't know how it works. I don't, you know, it's too mysterious. I don't, I don't know the system, but, um, so I don't like it when I, I have to cancel on an order and, uh, but so, and I thought me, you know, maybe I'll tell a quick, another quick story. So another time I was in Wendy's in that line, you know, just to maybe hammer home the point that, you know, they asked, this is like, it is one of the worst places to go. But, um, it was another time where I waited like an, it was like it had to be 30, 45 minutes waiting in line, just slow. I, I think it was the, the, the kitchen staff on this day. They were, um, this is like height of COVID times, you know, as this, I think as was like the second surge was just hitting and shit was hitting the fan basically. But, uh, so as I get up to the window, like I, uh, it just took him forever, and, you know, I wasn't 
I wasn't trying to be confrontational or anything. I'm, I'm never trying to be confrontational. All I want to do is just get the food and get out of there and go take, go get the, the food delivered. Cause I want to get the next order and I just want to be done with it anyway. But as I get up to the window, it was just this young dude, very obviously very young, maybe freshman in high, high school, like definitely a high schooler. And, uh, I don't know if he was stoned. I don't think he was because his eyes didn't look red enough to me, but, um, he was just, I don't know, maybe it was his last day. Like he was planning to quit and he's just going off on customers maybe because some customers went off on him. I don't know what it was, but he like, as I came, as I came up to the window and he, he opened it, you know, um, he had this face mask on at first, I had my mask on as well. And he, um, he was just like talking gibberish or something. He started talking about like, uh, I was like, Hey, I have this order and like, blah, blah. It was like a milkshake or something. And he's yelled this, like one of the other workers behind him was like, Hey, we got the milkshake or the, uh, make sure to add the Lionel Richie to it or something like that. And I was like, what, what did he just say? Like Lionel Richie, like what? And then he starts saying like other stuff, like to me, like, I don't, I can't remember any of it, but it was just like gibberish like that. Like, um, talking about like some song on the radio or like, uh, you know, talking about like a party he went to the last night or something. And, but in this weird, like aggressive sort of like, I'm trying to like get you to blow up right now. Like, I want you to explode and, like, you know, try to start something with me here. Or, like, it's either something like that or, like, I want to, like, clown you or... And it was completely unprovoked. Like, it started right as I drove up. So, I felt like maybe that's why it had taken so long because it was kind of acting like that with other customers. And it just seems strange, like there were no parents at home or something at this Wendy's like a manager must've called in sick or I don't know. Like I, it was just strange. And, um, eventually he, I said something like, um, they were taking forever. I, I don't know what we got talking about, but, um, I think I must have asked something like, uh, Hey, are, are you guys going to be able to like get this order or something? Like I had to just kind of like ask him that, or maybe I asked something about the the food, but then he was like, he kind of, it was weird. He leaned forward out of the window, took off his mask and like just started talking more gibberish about like, you know, what, what he was thinking about or like, um, what he thought, you know, like about this type of like, uh, food or something like it. I wish I could remember more of it. I just remember like it was, it was like something a stoned person would say, but he just didn't seem stoned. He seemed like, um, he was just saying like nonsense that was coming to his mind either because it was like his last day of work and he didn't give a fuck what, like he was just trying to be like shitty to all the customers because, you know, sometimes when you work at a place that, uh, doesn't like, it's not a fun place to work. 
and you, you get treated bad by the customers when it's your last day, you definitely think about being like, you know, telling everybody to fuck off or, you know, just being like a shithead like that. Um, and so maybe that was his, his thing or he, uh, I wonder, you know, maybe he was just super duper stoned or something, but his, his eyes didn't look red enough to me. If he was that stoned, his eyes would be like fucking damn near like closed. That would be, you know, like someone who never smokes and then they just got way too high and just like lost their shit. But, um, no, once, once this dude took off his mask and started talking to me, like I just, I lost all patience. I sat there. I, I, I listened to what he said for a second and then I just looked out and I was just like, you know what, man, you're good. And I, I drove off and like, as I was driving off, like he didn't, he was like, what'd you call me? And uh, like, uh, I, I just didn't really engage. I, I just, I just drove off. I mean, it was just, it was a ridiculous situation, but I think he thought I'd like, you know, said some kind of slide at him or something like that. It was very, very strange, like totally unprovoked. And it's like, he was trying to suck me into some kind of like weird confrontation that I didn't even know what it was supposed to be. Or like, was this supposed to be like the start of like a, a physical altercation or like a, um, just a little, was he just like trying to fuck with me in like a, a friendly way, but he didn't know how to do it or something. It was just, it was weird like that. Like, um, you know, uh, anyway, I went down too much of a rabbit hole with that, but that's like, uh, I, you know, I just thought I'd maybe go off on a tangent and tell a couple of like firsthand stories of what it, what it can be like in a worst case scenario. Cause I got talking about, you know, what are some of the worst restaurants and for a while, Buffalo wild wings in town was pretty horrendous. Um, they just didn't have their shit together as a staff and they had some kind of equipment that didn't function. Like for, if I went there for DoorDash, um, or if they got slammed, they just would kind of ignore the, uh, the, the Uber Eats orders or DoorDash. Yeah. They, but after it seems like within the past couple of months, I had to complain a lot just to myself um, and find ways around their is is like I had to wrestle them for the food when I showed up every time. So I'd decline a lot of orders and my acceptance rates would go down. Um, but you know, after a few confrontations with the staff, I mean, they, I, maybe they developed some kind of like respect, mutual respect. And I think it is kind of mutual respect because we, we had some talks, like particularly me and this one manager there, uh, he's a good kid. He's just, I think for a while he just, he didn't know what the fuck he was doing and like maybe didn't understand the importance of, you know, trying to be run a tighter ship or something, you know, but, uh, they, they're getting better now. And also I've just, I have a lot of tricks that I've developed for, um, dealing with some of the more difficult places. Like, you know, some place you go to and it's like, uh, it's, it's like a breeze, you know, so like, to throw a few out there like um McAllister's Deli if if it's not really busy like they're usually pretty fast with the food or uh god it's like my, my mind is just blanking on all the places I go but um god what are some other places I go to I go to a lot of the weird ones when I work Uber Eats 
it's never like a normal restaurant but you know mod pizza is fast sometimes other times they're very slow um it really depends on the staff like they can be hit or miss some some restaurants are more on their game um but a lot of restaurants in Carmel don't go through Uber Eats because they want a higher percentage of the total, you know, earnings, like 30%. Excuse me. Um, at least from what I heard. And uh, I guess DoorDash doesn't take as much, so more restaurants sign up with them. And usually, um, like, more independent mom-and-pop places will sign up with them. And they're a lot of the time, they're more efficient and... Um, get things to you faster without all the drama and shit. Uh, but yeah. Um, so what was I, uh, what was I talking about? Yeah. My, like some of the tricks I've developed maybe to kind of take the, the podcast in a more positive, uh, route, you know, I'll just talk. Yeah, I, I did want to get into some of the negative stuff, though, because I do want people to kind of see a window into it, and a lot of it is super negative, and I don't know how the other drivers handle it. Some handle it with grace. Some others handle it with less grace, you know, and um, I sit somewhere in the middle probably, And but I think also as time goes on, I I don't – I try, try not to let the emotions get too out of hand and um, – but I definitely, I have techniques for dealing with difficult situations. And, um, for example, so sometimes, um, yeah, just to throw out like some tricks. Okay. So, uh, like, um, maybe I shouldn't give away all my tricks, but here's one thing I've had to do. Like, um, it's a trick I came up with. Like, uh, so sometimes you'll show up to a restaurant and the staff just won't be very present. Like they'll be in the back or something, or, um, they'll just be ignoring you from across the restaurant. Um, especially if they can tell you're with DoorDash or something like that. And, um, so what I'll do sometimes is I'll like covertly call the restaurant and, uh, because usually like the place where the phone is, is like the front cash register area where you pick up the food. And so if they're like avoiding that area or ignoring that area, um, if you call, then they have to come answer the phone. And, uh, so what I'll do sometimes is just call the restaurant and then just hang up when they come up to the front area, not to be like a dick or anything, but it's kind of like they're being dicks in a way by, you know, ignoring me. And then it's like, I'm, I'm not making money by just standing there. So I have to come up with these kind of ways around the situation. And, uh, so, uh, that's, that's one thing I came up with that has helped me out of some tight situations. And, um, let's see. So another, another kind of aspect of that is like, I'll, um, it's what I guess I would call like wearing masks, like, uh, sometimes I will kind of like, um, change my personality a little bit to better, like handle, um, maybe a difficult kitchen staff or, uh, like, so here's one thing I've had to do lately is like, um, 
sometimes when you show up to McDonald's, it's uh, it's just extremely busy, and like you know, other restaurants too, not just not just them. Um, I will uh, as I come up to the intercom. Sometimes I'll be like. Uh, sometimes I don't know. Like I, I do have a sixth sense. Like I'll, I'll get a sense of how the the um, the transaction is gonna go as I drive up. Sometimes I can just tell. I can just tell if it's gonna be difficult. I can tell if it's gonna be quick and easy, fast. I'm gonna be in and out of there. I just get. I can feel the energy a little bit. I think. And um, I also have a, a way of. I don't know, I seem to have a knack for like seeing things way off, like before they happen. I have a good um, anticipation for that. I or a good sense. I don't even necessarily know how to describe it, but um, I'm just good at predicting things that that happen. You know, it could be way off in the future. It could be a few minutes in the future. But I just, it could be my age or or uh, a sense of clairvoyance or something. But uh, you know, I can just maybe just read the energy or something, but, uh, you know, sometimes I'll adjust, like I'll, I'll act different and I'll show up if I'll show up to a restaurant, like, uh, sometimes I'll act like, uh, a lot happier than I usually am or, uh, geez, I've already been talking for an hour, man. Maybe I'll just end with this, you know, it's talking about these tricks here, but, um, so, yeah, you know, like I'll I'll show up and act like it's like my first day on the job and I'm super happy. Like, so if I, I think I do that when I feel like the, the staff is going to be like overworked and like, you know, just not necessarily purposely making people wait longer, but like just, you know, they're just worn out or whatever. And I'll, I'll act like it's like my first day and I don't really know what's going on. And I'm just kind of like happy go lucky and just, um, you know, like kind of make it so that it seems like I'm, I'm more innocent and in that they kind of maybe have to pep up a little bit and kind of, you know, get things going and get the order together and everything. And so it's not like, you know, when I show up to the window after a few cars in front of me go like, they're like, Oh, who are you here for? Oh, Uber eats. Oh, I, you know, I guess we'll start that now. I hope you have 15 minutes uh, or up to, you know, half an hour or something. So, um, a fast food, sometimes it's not like that, you know, you're waiting, not quite waiting that long, but, um, my computer tried to go to sleep. It's already midnight. Dang. I'm going to, I'm going to have to wrap this up. But, um, so what was I talking about? Yeah. The tricks and yeah, the masks and, um, you know, so sometimes I'll do the, like, act like, um, kind of happiness and and like I'm in a really good mood or something. And, uh, just to get the order process faster, maybe I'm not really feeling like that, but just to, um, kind of like, yeah, just kind of play the game. It feels like a game when you're dealing with the more difficult restaurants and it's like the more tricks and techniques you have to get around, like maybe, um, difficult staff members or, weird protocols they have or, you know, long lines, this or that, the more tricks you have in your bag, the more easier you can process these orders and in the end make more money. So, uh, and it's just, it's good to know these things, um, 
to deal with the, the bad situations and everything. So, um, yeah, sometimes I'll act happy or lately I've had to tweak this sort of, um, this kind of method and I've come up with like a new mask now where I, when I come up to the intercom, I'll act like I'm in a really bad mood and like I've been working Uber eats ever since it started. And I've dealt with a million difficult staffs and and really I kind of have. Um, and it's like, uh, I'm not feeling like putting up with any bullshit right now. Like I just act like I'm fed up and like, I'm just had it and like, I'm having a shitty day and like, just make the fucking food. And like, you know, I'll, I'll say something like, Hey, uh, I'm here for Trisha, like blah, 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 fucking like the orders. Oh, five, six B two, you know? And I'll say it like kind of a short, like almost like borderline aggressive, like kind of, um, and it's not to make the, the, the person feel uncomfortable who's on the intercom or like make, try to make the staff feel rushed or anything like that. It's just a mask. Like uh, that's what I'll do sometimes at a restaurant that, um, feels slammed or like the kitchen staff is not competent. Like I have to do this at the McDonald's at, um, on the East side a lot. Cause they're not usually as competent as the other, the McDonald's on the West side. And, um, yeah, so sometimes I have to do that there. I'm trying to think of, like, where else where else would I have to do that sometimes? Maybe, like, Fazoli's or something, you know? It, it all depends on the staff. But, um, like, so that's, that's something I've, I've came up with lately, and I feel like it helps. Like, and I've tried to come up with all kinds of different things, like, um, Cause what, what'll happen with McDonald's is like I was saying earlier, like you'll, you'll end up waiting in line forever. Cause there's just a bunch of people there, especially since COVID and you know, they get swarmed and stuff. So you'll pull up to the intercom, say you're there for Uber eats and you know, maybe you'll say the, the order number or something and they'll just, they'll just tell you, okay, pull around. And, um, but sometimes it's like, you'll pull around and the, the kitchen staff, they, they won't even be like handing you your order. They'll be handing you the card that's like behind you's order being like, okay, so here's your iced tea and blah, blah. And like for Uber Eats, like your order is supposed to be sealed in a bag with like a bunch of stickers on it to seal it. And like it, they all get packaged up that way. So when they start handing me individual items and in like smaller bags that aren't sealed, like I, I, you know, that just means they, they think what it means is like the, they either didn't hear me through the intercom system. I don't know how their system works, but <clears throat> what it means is they either ignored the fact that I was there or they they didn't know. It was maybe the, the person who took my order didn't tell everyone else there, like, hey, the Uber guy is here or something. And um, so sometimes they'll act shocked when I come up to the restaurant, the window or whatever, or they'll um, maybe they really won't know that I'm there for whatever reason. And that's always the worst uh, case scenario because that means you're gonna you might have to wait f- for the order to be cooked from scratch basically like they they don't even have anything cooked so you could be sitting there forever and a lot of times at that particular McDonald's what they do is they just say oh can you pull forward or they'll say uh, can you just go to the uh, mobile parking spot over there 
and a lot of times they'll they'll just forget you you know that as soon as you drive off they'll just start cooking the, the 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 orders for the people behind you maybe thinking like oh someone here will, will remember about that guy and they'll cook their order or something and sometimes it doesn't happen you'll go sit over there and wait for 30 minutes not getting paid and just sitting there waiting for them and they've already forgot about you and so you can tell I'm getting stressed out talking about it. I mean, it's it's extremely stressful to do these things. And uh, it's good to have stress management skills or some kind of like Buddhist sort or like, you know, not even to attribute to a religion or something, but like you've got to have some kind of like switch in your head that you can kind of cool cool yourself down or calm yourself down because you will get put into these situations sometimes where you can get really stressed out, you know, like some people don't care as much. They'll go look on their phone. And so, but I, I don't want to sit there and wait for a super long time, especially when I know they're not like cooking the food, like they're, they're just cooking other people's orders. I can tell, cause it, you know, I see other people coming and driving off and sometimes I'll get, you know, pissed and <clears throat> wait there. And they bring this like giant bag of food or a couple big ass bags of food. Like, okay. They, they obviously had to like take some extra time and like cook a whole shit ton of like different things. And okay. So that's why I was waiting here that long. And you know, I won't thumbs down them after that stuff. Sometimes like, um, you can thumbs down or thumbs up a restaurant after you, um, take the delivery. And sometimes you can give like, well, every time you can give reasons and there's a few different reasons you can give for why you gave the thumbs down. And, uh, but it's the worst when they just kind of send you off to the side or, so I have to come up with any, anything I can do not to get put in that situation. Um, so I'll just try to do whatever I can when I'm at the intercom to, maybe like make the the staff like not forget about this kind of like give some character to myself so that the staff remembers me or I'll repeat like I'll say the whole or like okay so I'll talk really slow like I'm the more sometimes when I talk less and I'm like hey I'm just here for Uber Eats and they just they'll be like okay pull around that's usually when I feel like when I that I like the transaction goes like that like that's when a lot of times, like I would say almost like 60% of the time, like that, like they'll forget about me and they'll be surprised when I drive up to the window or they'll tell me to go drive, drive forward or pull off over here. And it'll be this long, arduous wait. And, um, so I'll, I'll come up with these different techniques, you know, other times, like, back when before COVID hit when I would have to come into a lot of restaurants like um I would do this at Popeyes sometimes because they they were they just have a horrible system where they won't start cooking the food until you show up so you have to wait there a long ass time and um Popeyes also gets slammed because it's a very popular restaurant so there'd be a lot of customers there sometimes and just their system was so horrible after a while it got more streamlined I think because probably because tons of people complained and act like shitheads or not even shitheads, but just being like probably confrontational, you know, like some gig economy workers can be pretty confrontational. Um, I try to limit it as much as possible. Uh, cause that's not my main goal. I'm not trying to be confrontational at all. 
but you have to fight. You have to fight for your orders. Sometimes you have to like fight the staffs. That, not every time, but sometimes like you know you have to fight them to get your food. Otherwise, they'll they you might not get your food, and you can be sitting there for like an hour, and they're like, "Oh, you you're here for Uber Eats," and like it could be a person, the person you talked to when you first got there, like, "Oh, you're you're here for Uber Eats." Like that's happened to me many times. Like I'm not making that up. Like um, I could tell you many different instances, and that's that's another like worst case scenario. Yeah. So, um, man, I, I forgot. I blanked for a second. This it happens when you're you're thinking about all these different things. Um, and I just have a bad memory anyway. But um. You know, I was thinking, I was, I was talking about tricks. Oh, yeah, like, so one I developed, I think it must have come from Popeye's um, dealing with them. But uh, one thing I, I noticed after doing it for a while is, like, if you're dealing with a very difficult, very um, incompetent staff, um, maybe it's because they're young or maybe it's because they, they hate their job or they're just not very good at being working in a restaurant. Maybe they don't really belong in a restaurant, but they just took that job for whatever reason. Maybe they had to, or they felt like they had to, but, um, I'm just saying like some, it just happens where it's not every kitchen staff works good. So, you know, if you go to fast food restaurants, you understand this, but yeah, like, uh, one trick I developed is like, if you're really dealing with a difficult staff, you're concerned that they might forget about you or ignore you is to like, keep in their, um, field of vision. Like don't leave their field of vision. And sometimes if you have to kind of like stand by the counter and just kind of be annoying, like be like an annoying little turd that's just hanging around and like you have to become, you know, it's like an act. I'm not really trying to be like ruin their day or like make their day more difficult, but it's like an act I have to start to make sure I can do my job. And I try to have fun with it too. Like it's, um, if you don't have fun with it, you're just going to hate the job. So I try to have fun with this stuff and like come up with these tricks and these different acts and stuff. And so, yeah, sometimes I'll just kind of stand around the corner or I'll stand like, not like right next to them, but like, and I'm talking, this is pre COVID. Okay. So, um, like, or I'll kind of stand in a, not like in their space bowl, but like in their outer space bubble or like, um, just in a, in an area where they'll, it's like annoying them or like I'll start messing with something on the counter, like the, you know, the straws or like something like that. And, um, just to where they would be like, God, I just, I just want this guy to get out of here. Like, I'm just going to get this food together and just push this guy out the freaking door, you know? And like, um, you know, so sometimes I'll have to do stuff like that. You know, I've, I've got me a little bag of tricks and I, I, I just let some good ones out. So I hope, I hope you appreciate it. If there's other, uber drivers and stuff like that i just gave them some i just hooked them up with some freaking tricks um so you're welcome and uh maybe you knew about some of those too or maybe you have your own tricks and maybe you can come share them sometime uh, since i shared some with you um but you know and maybe you know you can have more fun with the job too if like that is your thing i don't really know um 
too many people that work for that. I like know two guys, two other guys that do it. And, um, I would like to have them on the show or at least, uh, my buddy Roger, who is, I like to refer to as like the head vampire of the, uh, gig economy, at least for the delivery ones. Um, he mostly were DoorDash at first, but then he branched out into Uber Eats. I think after he saw me doing it, um, but we'd end up at like, uh, especially the West side McDonald's a lot. I'm uh, just sitting there waiting for orders or that's, it's a method I came up with. I would sit at that McDonald's because they got a, for a while they had a lot of Uber Eats orders. And, um, if you're sitting there, you're going to be the first one to get it. Uh, if you're in closest in that vicinity. So, um, then other drivers caught on to what I was doing and they started copying me. And so that became like a hub for, uh, gig economy workers to sit at and just wait for orders, usually DoorDash or Uber Eats. And that is kind of like another trick. Yeah. Just, you know, sit at the restaurant that gets, you know, a lot of, um, a lot of orders. I mean, no one, hardly anyone who's listening to this is going to, you know, is that's not useful information for you, but, um, I did just kind of want to give people a window into, I feel like it's a bit of a narrow window. I mean, it's, I don't want to make this some kind of three hour podcast. I was hoping to make it quite short, but, um, I got talking to a lot of different stories, a lot of different side tangents as I usually do. And, uh, I don't know what else to really, I can't really give you the whole experience, you know, in one little podcast and I'm not going to try, but you know, that's often how it goes. And the great thing is with, at least with, no, it's with both apps. Like I can turn them off whenever I want basically and not necessarily in the middle of a delivery, but like once that delivery is done, I can, I can just go off. And if I want to go see my kid for a couple hours, I can go do that. Um, or I need to go to do some homework. I got a class, you know, I can, I can go do that. And that's, what's great about it. And it's, you know, it's fun sometimes drive around. I like, you know, go drive down some back roads and take some deliveries out in the middle of nowhere. And, you know, you do get paid, you get, um, problem is there's a lot of overhead. Like there's a lot of gas. It's definitely, if you got a Prius, that's one of the better cars used for delivery driving. But, um, you know, I got the Honda Accord and uses a lot of gas and oil, um, wears down your tires to do this, uh, your brakes, and you're always risking crashing your car. And, uh, you know, Uber claims they will, and I think DoorDash too, like they claim they'll, uh, pay for repairs on your car, but I bet you have to wrestle them for it like crazy. I bet they just try to wriggle out of it every single time whenever a driver crashes their car while they're on, on a delivery. Um, or if they're just signed into the app or whatever like that. That's what I would expect if I crashed during um, doing this app. So you're risking a bunch. You know, you're risking a lot. You're risking your life too. You know, you're out there delivering to God knows who. You know, maybe you don't know them. You, you never delivered to them before. It could be a rough neighborhood. At least you don't have a bunch of money in your pocket. All your money's on the app. You know, when you cash it out, it goes directly to your credit card or if you have the Uber debit card. So, yeah, you know, you, you make some money, but it also at tax time, you can get um, 
I, you know, I'm, I'm too, it's too late at night to me explain the whole, how the whole tax thing works with it. But like, uh, it's kind of like an independent contractor sort of thing. And I mean, they give you paperwork, but it's, I don't know, the tax system in America isn't set up yet for the gig economy. So it, you, you end up just losing a bunch of money come tax time, you know, and they say you got to set aside money, but it's common for gig economy workers, I guess, to be a little bit surprised come tax season if it's their first year at it. And I was definitely a little dismayed this last tax, last time I did taxes, uh, you know, definitely ate into my, um, my tax return doing these apps. So you lose money doing that as well. You know, all the car repairs it's, I've heard it described before as, um, uh, like taking out equity on your, on your vehicle. Like you, it's almost like you're not making any money, but you're just like borrowing money against your vehicle um, because you are seriously wearing down your vehicle doing this kind of work. It could be possible I'm not making any money at all in the long run, but what it is doing is helping me survive from like one school semester to the next or just helping me bring in that little bit of extra cash I might need for a, an extra expense or you know, like I, like I, for that, those vacation episodes where we went on the road, um, I paid for that basically with Uber Eats deliveries, that whole vacation. Like I, I just went crazy on Uber Eats. I even went Uber Eats diamond. Like I, I surpassed the platinum status and I went Uber diamond, uh, which is like the highest level you can get as an Uber driver. So, uh, that was kind of cool, but, um, you know, they give you, they, they give you these rewards, but it's like they're fake rewards. And I already talked about that on a previous, uh, episode, but like, you know, they're like, one thing is like, you get free tuition to Arizona state university or something. And like, um, all these, all these different things you're supposed to get. But like, when you try to go and like actually pursue, you know, getting these, uh, things that you're, you know, these rewards you're supposed to get, like either the button won't work to, to press it for the thing, or like it's, you have to actually sign up with this other company and they're the ones that give you the discount on your car repair or this and that. And it's, um, a lot of it's just dead ends. Like you don't, I don't get it. Like I don't get anything for being Uber diamond. It's just, uh, it's bragging rights. Basically that's all it is. I can't, I'm not getting any free snacks or any kind of free car repair that's they don't help you pay for your car stuff and um really don't do anything i get like some weird like bike helmet discount or something through a specific company it's it's all like fake stuff to make you think like ah you know like if i have if i just raise my status i'll i'll get all these extra things but you really don't get anything i think maybe maybe they send you some extra deliveries but i don't think they do um it's just bragging rights, but yeah, I'm, I went Uber diamond. I think I might be back down at platinum now, but, uh, yeah, you know, I definitely did a lot for, for that trip and it's just supplemental income. You know, it's not, I definitely don't see myself doing this long term. I think it's, 
I would go insane trying to do this long term. It's not what I want to be doing with my life. You know, it's like, uh, I think about some of the other drivers I know. They did, um, they work a long, long hours, I, I think, you know, and I don't know what their life goals are or anything, or maybe they just enjoy doing that all the time. <clears throat> I don't really know, but there is definitely aspects that are enjoyable. I think my favorite parts about the job, uh, besides, you know, the money and uh, being able to fix tight money situations just by turning on the app and going and making a 80 bucks in a day or something and turn around a bad money situation really fast. But, uh, like the one, probably my favorite thing, I guess, is like whenever, whenever like it goes smoothly at a restaurant and I'm getting paid decent for delivery and it's like to, a an interesting location, um, maybe to like a, a little suburb way out in the middle of nowhere or something, you know, like a good eight or 10 miles away from the restaurant way out on some back road somewhere. And I can go and kind of have this fun little adventure. You know, it's usually all usually funner at night. You know, you get some music going and excuse me. I smoked a joint before this. I just want to clear my throat so much. Um, but, uh, smoking a little G perps, uh, uh, a little bit of flour, um, just with all this rain lately, I, I felt like I had to break and go, go get something from the dispensary. I mentioned in my blog the other day, I don't want to smoke flour anymore, but here I am doing it. It's a damn rain. It triggers my, my weed smoking more than anything else if it rains too much. And it's been raining like crazy, but, um, yeah, I just have all this dry, my throat feels so dry. Yeah, you know, just driving on those back roads, me of the window rolled down, feeling that fresh breeze, got some awesome song on the radio, speeding down some back road, you know, it's like, ah, this is great. And, you know, it's really, doing that, it really makes you feel alive. And, like, uh, sometimes I get reminded of my days, like going back, you know, being back in high school and driving out on back roads back when you still just went and drove around, you know, and didn't worry about the gas or anything like that, you know, and I actually want to write about, uh, these experiences, especially like stuff like that, you know, what some of the better times consist of, or, you know, the ups and the downs basically. Uh, I feel like I should write about, cause I've spent a lot of my life, I think delivering around Carbonell and sometimes other towns. Um, but it, it feels like something that's material for a nonfiction book. And it's something I've, I've just been thinking about for a while. So maybe someday if I get the chance, I can write, you know, a little nonfiction novella or a full length book about at least that period of my life. But, you know, I definitely would like to tell some of my stories. Um, Maybe less dramatic stories than the ones I've told tonight. or, But, like, I have a lot of stories, a bunch of stories from these times. And uh, I remember a lot. I have a decent memory. There's probably a lot I've forgotten about, too, that if I were reminded somehow by some video, that some magical video that appeared, like, of some past incident, I'm sure there's a lot I forgot about that's... Cause there's too much that happens. I mean, there's just, there's just too many incidents 
every shift you do delivery, it's, it can always be crazy. You know, you never know who you're going to deliver to or they're aggressive or drunk or you never know what's going to happen on the way there. Some deer going to run out in front of your car real fast or weird stuff will happen too. You know, I'm not even going to go, go into all the weird stuff that can happen, misplacing things or just things going wrong with the app or whatever. <clears throat> I really got to get out of here. Everybody, I, um, my throat's getting a little dry as here, as you can tell, I'm ready to sip on some of this water I got over here, and uh, this podcast has gone on for quite a while, I thought it might, if I got to telling stories and stuff, but uh, oh, we're only at about an hour and a half here, so it's not, not horrible, hope you listen to at least some of this, but I thank you for hanging out with me, it's been, um, it's cool that on this Saturday night, like I've got did something productive and did something kind of fun like uh, I was a little worried I wasn't going to do something fun especially when I ran into the uh, issues with this headphone jack here earlier it seems to be working all right now but um, I might have to send this microphone back in and if that's even possible so uh, I don't know hopefully there's not a break in podcast there might be anyway because I have to go to uh start you know school soon and uh, I don't think I'm gonna have much time to podcast during the era I'll be lucky to probably squeeze out even one or two episodes during a school semester but we'll see how it goes I'm not gonna um, avoid doing it if I have the time so um, we'll just have to see but have a good night everybody out there and um, yeah I'll just see you next time around so take care see you later